Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Welcome to Real Pod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick, and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Oh, so we're getting deep, huh? I really cried for 12 days straight. Why do I want to be perfect? There's nothing in my life that is perfect. Every week, I'll bring you honest, unfiltered, and eye-opening conversations to help uncover the real in all of us. I crave the type of content that you're talking about. I actually felt insecure. Oh my God, am I going to cry? Let me just unload everything. (laughs) (laughs) New episodes every Wednesday. Leave those filters at the door because it's time to get real. Welcome back to Real Pod, everybody. I am so excited because I have been waiting to give this intro for so long now, so many years now of Real Pod. I have dreamed of this day. I have wanted this day. It has taken not one, not two, but three trying to record this episode and then it not coming out to finally get here today for me to introduce you to my best friend, my literal soulmate, my ride or die, the one and only Lainey Garrick, my mom. That's right. My mom is on the podcast today. This is like, I feel like every podcast host's dream is to sit down and interview their mother. And gosh, I just love my mom so much. It's been so fun having her be more of a character, if you will, on my Instagram and social media the past year and a half. It was really the wedding that brought Lainey Garrick out of her cage and onto the gram. And everyone has fallen in love with her the way that I should have known you would have if I had been posting her years ago, because my mom is just simply the best. Quite simply put, she's the best. To give you a little overview of where my mom is from and a bit about her story before we get into the conversation. My mom, Lainey, was born in Chicago, raised in Park Ridge, Illinois, and my yaya. So my mom's mom still lives there to this day in the house that my mom was raised in. I say yaya because my mom is 100% Greek. Her parents were born in Chicago and my mom's grandparents. So my mom's yaya and papu immigrated from Greece. So my mom's a second generation. 
My mom then went to Iowa State University. She graduated with a degree in journalism. And I think she'll tell you this herself, that Iowa State was the only college that she got into. But um, we love the Cyclones. So thank you for accepting my mother. And it's so fun that my mom majored in journalism and then I did. And all during college and high school, my mom worked various jobs for spending money. So she mostly did waitressing. She worked at the Hard Rock Cafe. She was a telemarketer. She worked in a flower shop, also clothing stores. She wore many hats, okay? She met my dad right out of college. They were engaged when she was 24, married when she was 25, and then she had her first baby, my older brother, Jonathan, at 28, and then she had me and my younger brother, so my mom had three kids. And something that's very notable that I want to share is my mom once wrote a children's book called Losing Papu. Many of you probably don't know that, but um, my mom's dad suddenly passed away. He had a heart attack when I was like one and a half or two, maybe three. And my mom wrote a children's book called Losing Papu on grief because she had three young kids at the time. My older brother was really close to him. And I think that's really cool that my mom took an experience that was difficult for her and the family and wrote that children's book. I don't think you can get it anywhere, unfortunately. Um, but we have copies and it's great. Anyways, now my mom, Lainey Garrick, lives in Brentwood, Los Angeles. She loves her family, her girlfriends. She's become an avid pickleball player. And on the side, she plans weddings. No, I'm just kidding. But she did plan mine. And now she's helping Cubby, my soon-to-be sister-in-law, um, wherever Cubby uh, taps her in. My mom's like eager on the sidelines, like, put me in, coach. Anyways, we're going to get right into this episode because I want you to hear from my mama. So without further ado, and please go easy on her. It's her first interview ever in her entire life. And she was so brave and awesome for coming on the show. The one and only Lainey Garrick. Mom, thanks for coming on the pod. I thought I'd just kick it off. Really fun. Look at fun and pink. Big questions. Oh my God, nice and big. Yeah, Thank you. Just some fun warm up questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Are you a morning or night person? Oh, morning. Absolutely. Yeah, I should know that about you. You're an early bird and you go to bed at like eight. You don't like to have dinner after five. <laughs> right. And I also love to work out. If I don't work out before 12 or do a sport, it's not going to happen the rest of the day. Have you always been? Because you weren't a big athlete. No, no. It came later in life. I mean, when you guys were little, I used to go to Soul Cycle at 6 a.m. I used to get up at 530 and then be back before you all woke. Now I can't, I could never get up that early. But yeah, yeah, you, I you, love I love mornings. You love your walks. Love. OK, what's your favorite movie? Oh, gosh. Oh, I forgot the name of it now. Oh, <laughs> Legends of the Fall. You wouldn't even know that. What? It was like 20 years ago with Brad Pitt. And it's this beautiful love story. I know. It's crazy. How have I it? never seen your favorite movie? I don't know. but Okay. I well, it. I need to watch it. Yeah. Who is your favorite singer or band? Oh, I don't know about a band, but I would say like I, I love Black Eyed Peas. I know that sounds really old fashioned, but remember we all went to the concert you as just a love, family. You love I Where's just, the Love and you love where, Fergie. Yes. I love Fergie. And who's the other guy that I love? Will I Am. Yes. Will <laughs> I Am. What song always puts you in the best mood? Oh, you know. I know, I know my, my rent was, was going to be, be <laughs> my favorite all time. That's it. Pitbull. Yeah. Time of my life. Time of my life. Okay. I wanted to walk out to that member at the wedding. I know. And you wouldn't let me. That was my song. I know. I'm sorry. My mom wanted that to be like her walkout song at my wedding, but I was pretty adamant that we were going to do kind of the Bulls theme song, which I can't, I haven't posted a video of that on social media, which that was. That was. 
so fun. Do we even have that video? Yes, we do You're have sure? that video. I've yet to see any of the video, but <laughs> oh my gosh. very little. We have the video. Okay, high level. Speaking of the wedding, you're hosting a party. What are like a few things to always make sure you have when hosting? Oh, just like a party at my house? Sure. Like yeah. anyone who's hosting. Biggest thing I would say is the mood. Before anything, I would say candles, lighting, flowers, all the sensual things that you probably can't even put your finger on that just make for a mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like you and also always have food to offer. Food for sure. I mean, that goes without saying being Greek. I'd rather have too much than not enough. And also just being so hospitable and warm and making everybody feel comfortable. Yeah. You're really good at that. Yeah. Back to the wedding. What's your favorite memory or part of the wedding? Oh, my actual favorite memory I would just say probably watching your vows and watching you and Max up there. It was just like the most special probably of the whole weekend. Yeah. Just seeing the two of you get married because we all forget like we're planning this big party, but we kind of get lost in this is a marriage and this is a wedding. And it it was so special. You know what we should tell people? This is hilarious. So my mom got ready in the bridal suite where I was. And so she brought her makeup up and she brought her hair stuff just to get like a little touch up. And then I guess like, you know, it's a busy morning. Oh, I so I know where we're going with this yeah, story. Yeah, I know where we're going too. <laughs> <laughs> so the morning starts happening. My mom's come up to kind of get touch ups because you wanted to do your mm-hmm. own makeup and hair pretty. I mean, you like the way that you do it. And you didn't want to be like looking different. I didn't want to show up at the wedding looking all yeah, staged and made up. Which I completely get. So then anyways, we go on with the wedding day, then the reception. And then anyways, it's our wedding night. Max and I go. Wait, can I preface this? Sure. I brought my makeup to the room where we were all being held before we walked down the aisle. And we were all getting touch-ups. So I brought my makeup bag so I could do my last touch-ups. So it was in this room off the reception. And then the wedding and the reception began and I forgot about my makeup bag. Yes. It had all my makeup in so it. So she forgot about it. Don't forget that Sunday we have this goodbye brunch with everyone. Anyways, our wedding's over. Max and I go up to our bridal suite. Like he, I mean, this is the thing you dream of. It's, it's like, like 1.30 a.m. Yeah, when they like carry you up the elevator and you're like, oh my gosh, we had our wedding and now we like have this night to ourselves. Oh, can I ask you? Yeah. Did he actually pick you up and carry you into the room? No, Max like can't carry me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, can you just give me a freaking piggyback? And I was he's like, say, no. he couldn't even give you a piggyback? I mean, he, I mean, in my dress, I couldn't even like yeah, do a piggyback. True. No, he doesn't. I mean, I'm sure I could have forced him, but... But did you really think of that at that no. minute? No. No, we just, didn't think about it, yeah. which is so funny that you think that they'll do that and they didn't. Right. Maybe I'll make him carry me to bed tonight as a makeup. But anyway, so Max and I are in the bridal suite. Okay, who knows what we could be doing? It's now 2 a.m. the night of our wedding. And we we hear a knock on the door. Not wait, even first, a knock. It's a banging. Wait, first I called Vic Cell. Then I called Max Cell. Which we don't have Then I called us. the room. Okay. <laughs> At this point, I'm panicking. Okay, because I don't know where my I don't know where my makeup bag is. So she doesn't know where her makeup is. So she's quote panicking. Max and I are supposedly having our first night as a married couple, banging on the door at two two a.m. I'm like, who could that be? Wait, but I'm Thank sorry. God we- it's not an old fashioned. You guys have been living together. So it wasn't like the night. Okay, mom. Thank you for <laughs> depicting mean, that for people who couldn't put the, fill the a, blanks in. I mean, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I was, I, my, my worst scenario was that I was going to wake up in the morning and not be able to find, and I had to show up to a breakfast with no makeup on. No. <laughs> 
no base, nothing. I nothing, nothing okay, for under so my then eyes. So you decided I'm gonna go bang on my daughter's door where she's with her husband. So yes. yeah. So then Max and I, thank God, we're like able to open this door and everything's fine. And I'm like, what do you want? She's like, my makeup. I, I covered my eyes. I you, said I'm so sorry, and I looked down. And I covered my eyes. I'm like, I just need my makeup back, <laughs> and I'm going in their bridal suite, like looking down. This is at 2 a.m. Anyways, so we give we give her the makeup bag, and I just had to compartmentalize in that moment like what just happened we just had to move on from it max and i did you really care i mean it's so classic laney that it's just hilarious like and so then the next morning and then i think like weeks later we started being like wait you really came and knocked on our bridal suite at 2 a.m. the night of our wedding to get your makeup. Did Max think this is the beginning of mother-in-law? Max already, oh, he knew what he was getting into. He knows <laughs> that you would be sleeping with us in the bed if it was I allowed. Not. That is so <laughs> false. That is so false. No, but Max knew, uh, he loved, Max loves you. He loves everything that comes with Lainey. But yeah, oh. that's a hilarious story. Okay, last question. Favorite celebrity? Oh, I have to say George Clooney. Yeah, why do you love him so much? Not obviously. I used reasons, to have but. the hugest crush on him when he was in the ER. I mean, he was like, everybody gets like a pass. Like, he is my pass. <laughs> Dad, every one of my friends knows how crazy I am. When I finally got the opportunity to meet him, he he just exceeded all my expectations. He was such a gentleman. He was so kind. He was so cool. And I just have so much respect for him. Which another funny Laney story. Do you want to tell them how you met him? Oh, God. Very quickly. Vic must have been like in middle school. I'm at her soccer game. I catch wind that he is at a nearby restaurant in Palo Alto. (laughs) I have never missed a game, never left early. I look at all the moms. I hightailed it out of there. I'm like, tell Vic George Clooney is nearby. So I get she my will car. understand. I period. call my two best friends and I'm like, you guys have to meet me there. George Clooney is at this restaurant. Sure enough, he was there. It was the night of my dreams and we got a picture together. That was kind of out of a movie. She really, her, my mom was too nervous to approach his table. So her friend Lisa Lisa approached his table and said, Excuse me, like George, my friend is obsessed with you. Crazy. Points at my mom who's like shaking and nervous in the right. corner. I, I could not even say a word. I could barely even look over at the table. And he's like, hi. And I came over and it was amazing. Yeah. And then he pulled a chair for you, didn't he? He pulled a chair and he tapped and he goes, here, sit down. And then he goes, how do you all know each other? Hi. And well, before that, he goes, hi, I'm George. And he put his hand out. We're like, oh my God. He was just absolutely adorable. That's insane. Yeah. And then from my perspective, my soccer game finishes, final whistle blows. I'm just a young kid looking around for my mother. <laughs> 12 years old. She's nowhere to be found. And then another mom comes up to me and is like, I'm Victoria, honey. I'm going to take you home. I was like, where's my mom? And she said, she, about George yeah, Clooney. she said something about George Clooney <laughs> and that you'd understand. And she had to go. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm sure it's worth it. So funny. And then final point of that story is my dad's name is George and this is George Clooney. So my mom got a photo with George Clooney and that year for Christmas, she sent out our family Christmas card and then she sent out another Christmas card that said like my 30 best friends just to the girls. That was a photo of her and George Clooney and it said Merry Christmas, love, Laney and George. And it it said may all your dreams come true and he had his arm around me dying. Iconic. We're going to have to resurface the photo for everyone. Oh yeah. They're going to want to see it. I have it. So fun. This episode is sponsored by Nike. Women are multidimensional and so are the ways we feel good in our bodies. I know that to be true. 
Nike knows that. And now they've made their most meaningful investment in women yet with products that work for every woman, every body, and every part of your movement journey. And it is a journey. Let me tell you, I have some weeks where I am extremely active, other weeks when I am not, but that's all a part of balance in figuring out what's best for us. From leggings that move with you and keep you worry-free during your period to super soft, versatile bras and sneakers that let you flex to your fullest. Nike is here to help you feel your all. And speaking of comfy, have you slipped into a pair of Nike Go or Nike Zenvi leggings yet? They are buttery soft, providing gentle support that unlocks your every twist and turn. So go ahead and reach further into that stretch or push it during your run. Nike's got you. Also, just to double click on that period point, no woman wants to stress about their periods while working out. No person does, which is why Nike just introduced awesome leak protection biker shorts. They're made with an ultra thin liner, which means you can work out or chill out without the worry. Also, Nike just performed thousands, thousands of body scans on actual women to engineer bras that provide all the support for the way we move. So head over to Nike.com today to discover all the ways that Nike helps you feel your all. That's Nike.com, where you can discover all the ways that Nike helps you feel your all. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've been very open about the fact that therapy was a major, major part of my healing journey. Honestly, when I think about when I was feeling depressed and anxious in college, therapy is the main thing that really helped me turn a corner. And look, whether you are in a similar place as I was or you're just getting caught up in what everyone else needs and your needs are coming last or you're feeling stressed at work, you're dealing with family or relationship issues or you're just craving tools to help you lead a more balanced life. Give BetterHelp a try. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Also, you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash realpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, better, H-E-L-P, dot com slash real pod to get 10% off your first month. Betterhelp.com slash real pod. So speaking of little Vec, did you always know you wanted to have kids? Always. Always knew I wanted to have kids and I had to have a daughter. Like I had to have a daughter because I'm so close to my mom and I, my first child, I didn't really care either way because I knew I'd have more. And I really kind of just thought maybe two would be the perfect number. But so I really wanted a girl to be my second baby. And I had to know in the ultrasound. First one, I didn't ask. Second one, I had to know just because I had to prepare myself if it was another boy that I wouldn't be disappointed when the baby came out. It's funny because I feel the same way. Like I want a girl so I bad. To, I had to have a girl. Yeah. So when I knew it was you, I just, oh, my pregnancy, I was just so joyful. I just enjoyed and ate and just like I was just in a cloud cloud of pink. Did you know what you wanted to name me? Well, I really didn't have much choice because my Greek mama, best Yaya ever, made it very clear that we all had to name our kids after our grandparents. That was a tradition. And I always listened to my mother and followed what she told me to do. So my old, my kids are all named after their grandparents. So you were either Victoria or Elizabeth. 
Why? Because the Greek isn't it? Because you were named after my mom, but, and but because the Greek word she's Vasiliki, I'm Vasiliki, and Vasiliki means like six different names, doesn't it? it? Yeah, it's weird. Vasiliki is Victoria, Veronica, and Vasiliki also can be Elizabeth, and it's cute. Like sometimes I think you're like a Lizzie. Like Victoria, I love is such a beautiful, elegant name. But when you were, you're just so sporty, and when you were on the field all the time in every sport, I was like, but you turned out to be Vic. But I could totally see you being a Lizzie. Like I see you as like a sportier name. But thanks, you, mom. It's but, my name. <laughs> but you've grown into Victoria now, but for many yeah. years. But the story, and no offense to anybody with the name Vicky, that was just not my That's fine. You could say it. That was not my preference. And I just didn't love short names. Most of my kids' names, they never shortened. So when Victoria, I think, was in second grade, all of a sudden they started calling her Vicky and I never went to school to complain or I was never that pain mother. But I did go into second grade to the teacher. I said, nip this in the bud right now. <laughs> I'm done. And she I forgot her name. But anyway, she said, I agree. I couldn't agree. That's funny. Well, I'm glad you did that, too, because I prefer not being Vicky. And one of my best high school friends is Vicky. And I love her. I can't imagine her being anything else. But you are. Not I know. A Vicky. It's true. It's like a totally independent name. Like a, a Vicky is a name the same way. Jonathan, my older brother, we, we call him Jonathan. I could not call him John. Like John feels right. like a different name. It doesn't right. feel like a shortened abbreviation. Right. You're Vic or V. And so people were actually curious, too. So a lot of these questions, Mama, were from, yes, the, you know, I the Instagram love, people love you. Oh, I they, love them. They love you. Some I of the questions them. were just like, how does it feel to be an icon walking? Those are the questions. <gasps> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Too sweet. But they were curious about career. Like, what jobs did you work? Did you know you always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom? Okay, I always knew I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I will never forget this memory. I was in somewhere in grammar school, maybe third, fourth, fifth grade. And the teacher's like, what do y'all want to be when you grow up? And everybody had these like huge aspirations. And I said, I want to be a mom. And I will never forget it was a man. And he called me up and he said, Alini, he said, you know, I, I see this. And you said you want to be a mom and that's great. But what else do you want to do? And I said, I want to be a mom. That's it. He said, but there's got to be something else. I kept saying, no, I want to be a mom. <laughs> so that's what I always just thought I would do because that's what my mom did. And I don't know. It is interesting yeah. thinking of like Yaya and she was a teacher and then she got married and then she raised you guys. And then you did the same for me. Right. And I think like, I love that we're in this place in, in the world where women are so encouraged to have careers and have jobs, but I'm like so insanely grateful for you being 100% present for me, like everything that I needed. I know this sounds silly, but just like anytime I called you from the ages of the time I had a phone to even now, still like you're there and you're there for me. And I want to be that way for my kids too. So, you know, it's interesting. Like I'm in this Thank place you, where baby. I love what I love my job and I love what I'm doing. And fortunately, I kind of have a career where I'll be able to have a lot more flexibility. And of course, there's women who don't have a choice. You know, they have to work. It could be a privilege as well to be a stay-at-home mom. But I love that. And whenever people kind of come with like a, oh, so you just you you just raise I'm like, do you understand how hard it is to raise kids? I mean, breastfeeding. The amount of hours a new mom spends breastfeeding is the same as a like, I think it's either a part time job, at least a part time job or a full job. I mean, it's it's freaking work. It's not doing nothing, you know. Right. And it never ends. And it's almost it's, it's pretty thankless for many, many years. And yeah, you don't really feel the benefits until later. But I loved it. I loved cooking. I loved being there. I loved being a part of the school 
activities. I mean, I did. I loved it. I loved it all. I, I don't regret it. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy I did. I know we always talk about you're such a good organizer. You're such a good decorator. I mean, you could. Oh, I should have been the home edit. Yeah. I just need to say that <laughs> right now. Like my favorite thing to do is just organize and like clean, not like like everything in the refrigerator. Like all the kids growing up would come over and they're like, oh, her refrigerator. Like I have to line up the ketchup, like the tallest to the shortest. Yeah. All the water bottles and you have to be turn facing. Before the Kardashians made it trendy. Like, yeah, you were very clean. Oh, you know, when, when I was little, I literally cleaned my room before my friends came over. I had little pink rugs and I would vacuum them and I would vacuum them backwards out of the room. And when my friends came over, I would tell them they couldn't walk on the rugs so I didn't want footprints. And I had all the little Madame Alexander dolls and I would dust them and I would clean my room once a week and then I would straighten it all the time. And I would clean the house for my mom. I loved it. Speaking of Yeister, love her. You know, I called her on the way here. You did? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She was all excited. <sighs> love, so cute. Love Yai. You were saying that you guys were really close, but I didn't think you were as close when you were growing up. You're a lot closer now. You're I close? was a handful. No, I was a complete handful. I look back on my poor mom and we had fun. We were back in the 80s. I mean, my girlfriends, I still have all my high school girlfriends, love them so much. And we reminisce how we just drove around. And I mean, back in those days, you'd like crack open a beer and you'd jump in your car. There wasn't this big knowledge and talk about drinking and driving and we didn't wear seatbelts. And I don't know, it was just a different, our parents never knew where we were. They didn't track us. There was no phones. There were no phones, but we had so much fun. We always knew where the parties were. We always knew where the boys were. And we were just so happy. I mean, I hate to say, but I don't ever remember anybody back then having depression. We never heard about suicides. We all, all talk about it. Yeah. I mean, that's something that you always would say to me when I was super stressed. I remember being so stressed about getting like an internship. And you were like, when I was your age, I was a waitress at the Hard Rock internship, Cafe. Yes. And you know why? Because I also think we were so isolated and all we cared about was our little group of friends and the boys that were in our neighborhood. And that was it. We were not looking at what everybody else was doing, comparing our lives. So I think that's where we became very content and happy in our own little world. And we weren't longing or wanting more than what we had. And also we weren't exposed the way you kids are all exposed to colleges and do better and get a good job and get a good internship. Seriously, I just made my waitress money every summer. I was so happy. And that was it. And then I decided to go to Iowa State. And I never even saw the school till we drove up in August to go to school. I would look at the brochures. Now, probably every family wasn't like that. But where I came from in Park Ridge, nobody went to Ivy League. And that was the only college you got into, correct? Yes. And, but no, that's I'm not saying that's a bad I thing. Also, I'm saying that is you weren't you weren't like it wasn't mandatory for you to go to college. I mean, your dad was the son of immigrants. But my Greece. dad went to University of Chicago and he got his master's degree. So that was really unheard of of his time. However, I know that I have a learning disability that went undiagnosed because I always struggled in school. I would read a book and then I could never contain the information or remember things. And I just survived. Like, I don't even think I verbalized it to my parents. I just always thought there was something wrong with me. I was never in accelerated classes, but I wanted to go to school. I wanted to have a good time and I wanted to do something with my life. So I just did what I could to get through. But had I been diagnosed, who knows, you know? Yeah. But I jokingly will say to Yaya, 
you know, if I was diagnosed because I had my other son diagnosed and there's so much out there now and I, so many kids have help and medication. And yeah, I was like, well, you had fun, didn't you? You're doing fine now, huh? Don't blame me. <laughs> okay. That, that generation just didn't do that. Okay. Yes. The first thing I'm thinking is like, you're saying there was none of that then. Okay. Maybe not as much now, but there probably was. You just grew up in a time where it was just like, we don't talk about that. Are you okay saying the Weight Watcher story with Papu? Because I think oh, that's, yeah. yeah. I just or think it's an example. I literally like, could go to therapy for poor little me. Like, I want to go back to my 12-year-old self. And like my parents, like I say with you guys, I did the best I could with what I had. And I was going into middle school and I was always like this chubby little Greek girl. And I wanted to lose weight. And I said to my mom, I want to lose weight before I go to middle school. And so where did everybody go in those days? Weight Watchers. And so my mom took me to a Weight Watchers meeting while well, she actually dropped me off. And I walked in there by myself at 12 years old. And I went in there and I got my little card and my little, you know, stamp. And they weighed me, literally weighed me. And they would say, oh, you know, Lainey's the newcomer. And I, you know, introduced myself or whatever. You're 12? Yeah, 12. <laughs> and then every, then I go home and I would do my diet and I would measure my food and measure my cereal and keep track of everything I ate. And then I would go there the next week. And there was actually a Weight Watchers counselor that lived in the neighborhood. So she would actually pick me up. My mom knew her. She would pick me up. I'd go with her. They would weigh me. They would mark down that I lost a pound and a half or two or whatever it was. And then they would announce everybody's name and how much you lost. And everybody would cheer for you. And if you didn't lose weight, they would just say like, oh, stayed the same. You'll do better next week. Don't worry. Oh, gosh. Or if you gained weight. But didn't Papu say to you, if you lose yeah. He said that. I don't remember if that was before or after Weight Watchers, but I wanted a puppy so bad. And he said, if you lose 10 pounds, I will get you a puppy. And I swear I'm still gaining and losing that same 10 pounds right. today. You definitely grew up in a time where you weren't talking about anxiety or like not that you were struggling in school. Like it, you weren't going deep, you know? No. And I just thought it was me. Had I maybe gone to a school teacher or somebody in the Learning Disability Center or even my mom and really explained to her, God, I keep reading this and I can't retain it, but I didn't. So so when I was struggling, I think I definitely had body image struggles in high school. I remember like multiple times crying to you, like, I want to lose weight. I'm not happy with how I look. But I think in college, like was college the time you were the most worried about me? Like, when do you remember being really worried about me? I remember several times that you would call me up and you would cry and you would open up about, you know, I just, I just binged or I feel out of control or I could just tell when you were trying things on and you were frustrated, you know, I could see it for sure. I didn't want to make you feel bad and say, what's wrong, honey? Are you upset about the way you look? You know? So yeah, I don't remember how we, I, I honestly don't remember how we handled it back then. I kind of forget some stuff too, but so that's on the one hand, that's body image and food. On the other hand, like anxiety and depression in college, like how did you handle knowing that I was struggling? Oh, it was the worst. The first time that I was really worried was when I came for your Mother's Day weekend. And when I arrived that Friday night, you just said, I'm so tired. Like I had all these fun dinner plans and, you know, appointments to get your nails done and do all these girly things. And, and then we were supposed to go to this event and you said, I am just so exhausted. I can't go out tonight. 
And so we just stayed in, we ordered food, you fell asleep. And then the next morning you said, I don't want to go. I just don't feel up for it. And you wanted the drapes closed. We sat in the whole weekend in the hotel, I remember. And I just was like, this is not good. Like, we need to talk. I don't even, so funny, I kind of remember that, but I kind of don't. It's just like, you're so exhausted that you don't have any any energy to do anything. I did always feel like I could talk to you about anything and open up to you about anything. When you were raising me, were you cautious of the fact that like how you wanted to have a relationship with me and you wanted to be close to me? Like, was that intentional or is it your personality that lent itself to us being super close? I don't think I had intentions like I want to be close. I, of course, wanted to be close with my kids and have them want to be with me and do things with me. But I think it's my personality because I loved you so much that I just wanted to be a part of your life. I wanted to know everything you were doing. And I just, my love was just, you know, wanting to, I don't even know, I don't even know how to articulate it. Now that you say it, I'm like getting all these strong feelings. It wasn't even like something that I do Con- like I I do it unconsciously. I know. And it's like, I wish, because a lot of people obviously know how close we are just from Instagram and we went to Paris together. And, you know, there's just a lot of, I don't know, we're, we're super, super close. We clearly spend a lot of time together. I don't think I could live. I always joke that you couldn't live away from me, but I never, I couldn't live away just from you. Just tell me when you're leaving and my bags are packed for sale <laughs> signs up front. But I also have to attribute that to you because you've just been the most amazing daughter. You've also been the easiest to mother. I mean, so many of my friends had talked about their daughters going through these really hard times and they, and it's, it's normal for girls to reject their moms or get snotty or, you know, hold back information. And you were never like that. So my personality and your personality was just a wonderful mix for all love and closeness. I think that's super true. But I could have had a girl that rebelled against me and didn't like me. And I'd be like, what is wrong? Like, I'm the most loving, wonderful mom. I'm yeah. so open. And I just would have felt so rejected and misunderstood and not I would always be questioning, why me? Why? And and I think that's a good point of like, there is a roll the dice on personality mesh. I just feel so lucky too. And of course, I want to have that with my daughter. But I, once again, I can't predict. I pray that you get the sweetest daughter, that you're blessed with the same daughter that you are to me. And my mom always says to me, I'm so glad you're blessed with the daughter that you have because you're that daughter to me. So that's funny because there was a there was a question that said, was I difficult as a kid? So is the answer no? <laughs> no, you were not. You literally I, I don't I don't think we ever had to ground you. Yeah. Never. I know. I was pretty up upfront with you guys because you treated me like humans. That's something when Max and I talk about how we want to parent our kids. Of course, you look at the way that your parents have parented you and the things that you liked and the things that you didn't. And I think one of the things I really liked is in high school, it wasn't like you can't do this and period. It was just be honest with us, act like an adult and don't lie. And we, of course, want you to have fun and we want you to be safe, you know? And then I never felt like I had to lie to you guys. Right. And also being an athlete too, I think that helps because you weren't out partying and getting into trouble. There's like the discipline and the motivation. Absolutely. One more thing I want to ask you about the food body image conversation. This was submitted by the amazing listeners. How has like my relationship with my body now and intuitive eating, like, has it impacted you? Have you taken anything from what I talk about? That was something people were curious. Yes, you are. I really believe that God gives you kids to learn something. And while you've taught me a lot, one of the things you've taught me is just self-love. You know, I admire so much 
what you've gone through and how you've come out of it. And I wish that I was able to do that when I was younger and even parts of me now. My self-talk about body image is so ingrained because it's been in there for so long. My generation was so different that I really pick up on a lot of things you say and do. And you have also, because we never talk about each other's bodies, we don't ever talk about what we're eating. It's really empowered me to try to be more like that with my girlfriends and myself, even though I'm never perfect at it. Yeah. I love that. And I just want to give you a big compliment as well. And it's not easy coming from how ingrained it was in you, but I feel like you're so there for me with like anything I'm learning or that I need. Even I think in this recent year, if I have boundaries or I've, or if I've done things that I'm like, I need this to protect my peace. Like boundaries. You, you hate those. I hate them. <laughs> I don't wants, want anyone to have boundaries with me. <laughs> my mom wants to be smothered up next to me with no boundaries. Boundaries. Vic and her boundaries. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. It just, I, it protects my, you know, it, it's, I can't have any boundaries with my mother. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you can force the same thing on me because Yaya won't let you set any. <laughs> but I was going to give you the compliment of like, like the not commenting on food and body. Like when I tell you that this is important to me, like you make an effort to do it. Like I think you do have this unconditional love for your kids and for wanting to make sure the relationship is your priority. And if that means that I'm expressing to you, I don't want to talk about these things like you you do that, you know? Yes. Where some I'm parents, very, I think, belittle their kids a little bit and are like, you don't know anything like or get tougher or you're too sensitive. Like, you know, they gaslight. Well, thank you. I tried to. So, yeah. Yeah. No, you do a really good job. And I just feel like thank we're you, friends. Baby. Like I call you and I talk to you. About- Our Paris trip that I love my husband, but I've realized I've really been missing out on traveling with you. And I said, oh my God, we need to get a ton of trips in before you have babies because that was so fun. I know. It was really fun. We it was just- fun too after the wedding, which was just a stress. Every conversation we had for a year had to end or it. start in wedding. Do you remember like the first weekend that you got back from your honeymoon and we just went to like Pottery Barn, West Elm for you to just do apartment stuff? And it was crazy. We were like, we don't have to do any wedding stuff. Like we could just walk around, buy a candle. It was the most unbelievable freeing feeling. And yeah. I hate to say that for people who are planning their weddings because it is really fun, but it's a lot of work. And it- that became Everything, every time we were together, we got to do this list. What did you guys decide on this? We definitely had the, we had more riffs and tension planning a wedding than like, obviously we have had, and I think anything else, not to say that anything was really intense because we always were for the most part fine, but yeah, that was difficult. But no, yeah, it's been so great post-wedding, just being able to, to chill. So fun. Now I get to help Cubby and Jonathan because Cubs has been so amazing keeping me in the loop with everything. We're going to take a quick break to talk about AG1 by Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day and I travel a lot, but I bring the travel packs. I literally have a large Ziploc baggie that has like 20 travel packs in there because also I never want to be that person who takes out their AG1 and like doesn't you know, share with friends and I'm always wanting people to try it. So I bring multiple travel packs with me just because, you know, you always need extra, but I rarely ever miss a day because this is the one thing I do keep up with in my morning routine that just really helps me and my whole body feel in check and taken care of. 
AG1 is made with 75 super high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients that deliver benefits like mood, immune system, sleep support, sustained energy, and so much more. With just one scoop mixed with water, it's so easy. I literally, I fill up my water first, pro tip, and then I put my AG1 scoop and then I shake, shake, shake. And in just that drink, I get the nutrients and gut health support that helps my whole body thrive and covers my nutritional bases. So if you are interested and want to check it out, please do. Today is a great time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So you're getting five free travel packs. Those are the things I was raving about in the beginning. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash realpod, make your first purchase. That's athleticgreens.com slash realpod where you will get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Check it out. What do you make of my whole career? Oh my gosh. How much time do we have? I'm not fishing for compliments, but people were curious, like, is it weird to have a daughter who shares so much online? Do you ever feel defensive? Do you ever feel protective? Or like, what do you make of it? Well, first of all, I'm so very proud of you. Dad and I are just crazy proud And I'm very defensive because there's nothing wrong with influencers or people that are in social media. But I always say to people when they're like, oh, what does your daughter do? And I explain to her, oh, she's an influencer speaker, but it's for, you know, mental health, body image. So you're doing good with your voice. So I'm so proud of that. I've seen the ripple effect. I've seen how you've helped people when I am lucky enough to go on tour with you and to go to your talks and see you interact with people. I am so proud of you when we are rushing through somewhere or a shopping mall or a restaurant and someone stops you and you take the time and it's amazing. So I am so very proud of you. Did I ever think you wouldn't do something great? No, but I'll never forget also when I was at your apartment at USC, I think you were a junior and I was making you a homemade dinner and you were at class and Max was coming over and OBS was there and you came home and you were like, oh my God, I just got home from this podcast class. Who was the girl she's married to? Oh, Schwarzenegger's. Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. She was. Oh my God. I am like so inspired. I'm going to have a podcast. I am going to have the greatest podcast on and on and on. I'll never forget that. And you did. Oh my God, that's so funny. I don't even really remember that. I remember that that so vividly. Wow. So I am so proud of you. Also, to answer, I think your second question is, yes, sometimes I wish you didn't share as much as you do because my girlfriends will call me. Oh my God, text me. Is Vic okay? Oh my God, I saw Vic posted. Is she okay? Now I think they don't call as much anymore. In the beginning, they were more worried. And then also I get worried because there are mornings, there are days sometimes I don't even connect with you till two o'clock. Not because... I don't want to, but because you're busy and I will go on social media and I will see that morning that you're down and then I'll text you. Oh my God, baby, are you okay? I'll come. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then I'm left hanging wondering what's going on because I am respecting your boundaries or I know you're busy and you might have posted that at eight and now it's two and you're fine. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's the tough thing. And it's so, it's such a double-edged sword because I don't want, I always have to remember like, that I am leading with authenticity and the truth because I'm hoping to normalize and make someone across the internet feel better. But of course, like friends and family are going to reach out and be like, you're having a tough day or can we talk or they'll call me. And I'm thinking like, I'm well, on the one hand, I'm like, this is so sweet that you're reaching out. On the other hand, I'm like, don't worry about me. Like if it's Instagram, Mm -hmm. like you can just get desensitized to it because everyone has ups and downs. The difference is I'm just posting about every single one of them. But then when no one's reaching out, 
I don't know. It's so tough. But I do well, feel bad when your friends feel like they have to call you because I'm just depressed for the day. Well, and and sometimes I'm like, my friends have been online before I have. And they're like, is Vic okay? I'm like, oh, God, what did she post now? <laughs> and then I go on my stories and I look. But then the one like with the OB, even Yaya's like, does Kukla have to post that? I mean, her father-in-law is like watching all about her, you know, period. And that she's going to the OB and she shows photos of her, the stirrups. I mean, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That's where I have to just be like, but the amount of people who are so invested in that because they were on a birth control that didn't work for them or they have PCOS or they're also struggling to like take their progesterone to induce their period. Like, you know, I'm posting for those people. I'm not posting for... Can you put like a little alert like like <laughs> men or father-in-laws and brother-in-laws? This is a girly no, topic. Then they can just not... They can just not watch. That's the thing for me where I do have to just... I wonder if they like watching because when you think about well, it, they're probably not exposed to You know to what's stuff. funny is like a lot of Max's friends watch like every single story I post. And I would think that they would put me on mute by now. But I'm right. like, maybe they're interested. Who knows? But I just have... For, for, for on my side, I just have to think my platform is not for those family friends. It's for these other thousand girls, you know, so that's kind of where I go. But no, I get that. And it it is interesting because I think I walk this fine line of you're very protective and you value people earning the right to know you personally, whereas I'm kind of like everyone can know me personally. Right. There's not I mean, I, I don't mind. I have fun with it and I love being a part of your world. But yeah. Yeah. On that note, though, are you open to talking about not drinking? Sure. Okay, so you don't drink. How did that journey play out for you? Well, let's just say I had tons of fun growing up, you know? (laughs) I mean, like, oh, I had so much fun growing up, and I don't know. I just all of a sudden realized, like, alcohol and me just do not mix, you know? I it just affects me. Like, I I believe I have like an allergy. Like I get drunk off of two glasses. I don't have like a wooden leg and I would find I'm not my best self when I would drink or I would say things or do things that I wasn't always proud of the next day. So I just found that my life would be better and more authentic and less chaos if I didn't drink. And Mm -hmm. I like now at my age, I can't even imagine drinking. I just I feel better. Yeah. I'm super proud of you for that because thank you. One of the things about you as a person that I respect and admire. And like, I think when someone strings together action, you can't say much about it. You know, think about like sports when someone's saying like, oh, you're not that good. And then someone puts up like 50 points. Like, yeah, they are. Like, there's nothing to say. And I think you always throughout life have had such self-awareness. You're so self-aware to be like, yeah, this doesn't work for me. So I'm going to make a change and I'm going to make the change and like actually do it. You know, you're such a doer, such a make it happen. And I always think of you when I want to make a decision in life. I'm like, well, every time my mom makes a decision, she, she finishes it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was such a personal decision and I'm just so happy. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine drinking now. I just feel great every morning. I feel great when I go to bed and yeah. I love that. Thank you. You mentioned that a few times. You guys have been married for 
32 years. 32. Okay. I remember your 30th anniversary. Wow. Time flies. So how did you meet? We met on a blind date. I graduated from college and a family friend said, oh, I've got this great guy to fix you up with. I was 22 right out of college, backpacking through Europe with my girlfriend. I mean, really, when I look back on it, it was crazy. But this family friend said, oh, he's such a good guy. Let me fix you up with him. I was like, great, whatever. Let's go. And it was a blind date. So it was a blind date. And I liked dad. You know, he was nice and whatever. But and then I'll, <laughs> and then I'll, that's how I felt about Max when I, I mean, first met him. Isn't that funny? And that's how Cubby kind of felt, I think, about, about Jonathan. Jonathan. Blind dates are really the best because I think the person that knows you knows both of you. So anyway, we went on this date and it was like, he's like, oh, you want to go away next weekend to a wedding with me? I'm like, boy, that is so presumptuous. No, I'm not going. Anyway. Long story short, we dated casually for a year, seriously for a year, and then we were engaged for a year. So yeah, crazy. Dad was 39 when we got married, and I was 25. Wow. And he was a confirmed bachelor, never wanted to get married, never wanted to have kids, and it turned out to be the best dad and the best husband. So you've been married for so many years. I'm obviously a newlywed, and I think other people out there listening can take something from this as well advice for a long-term lasting marriage, like how to make it so many years? Oh, I would say mutual respect. Can I say something about that? Yeah. Because, sorry, just to add color here. And I I told you this the other day, dad has always worked and you have always taken care of the kids. Yeah, you've stayed home. And I have never, I've never heard him ever say anything about about that discrepancy or like belittling you. Like I have literally my entire life, not even once can think of a comment where he has somehow insinuated he has more authority or more power or more respect or more anything than you because he worked and you didn't. And I think a lot of guys who do work are like, yeah, well, when I, you know, you're, they kind of treat the wife like a servant. Like, well, you're going to do these yeah, things or like for me. Yeah, this or, is my money. Yeah, my money. Or you don't get a say. Like, yeah. that, when you say mutual respect. because well, I, I run mean, the house. Yeah. <laughs> when you, <laughs> we know who's boss at home. Yeah, but, and I. It's very clear. I think that says a lot about, I think, just dad's character. But when you say mutual respect, I just want to provide color for people. I think that's a pretty obvious way of. Which people yeah. might say is the bare minimum, but a freaking lot of guys do not act that way. No. And I found that more and more when I hear stories that dad is very, very sweet like that and very respectful. And he knows how hard it's been to raise three kids. So I still wake up in the middle of the night and worry. So it's just like a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Mutual respect. So mutual respect, values, and a lot of patience, <laughs> a lot of patience. And like I've told you, we've had good years and we've had bad years, you know, like everybody, anyone that's been married as long as we have, it's not all rose, roses and, you know, unicorns, as you say, but you love each other. You have a family together. And as I say to you too, that's the problem with today. So many people just flee when the going gets tough and there's something really sexy to me, if that's the right word about being married and and watching your kids get married and having your grandchildren. To me, that's what life's all about, you know? Yeah. And I will never forget, I think I was maybe in high school when you told me, or maybe I was in college, the good years and bad years thing, because I think, you know, when I'm dating, I'm thinking, oh, we're having a good day or a bad day. And it's like, no, marriage is like, good years, bad years, a good two years, a bad two years. But like, if you make this commitment in the beginning, 
you know, all things considered, you stay and see that through. Right. And life gets stressful and parents pass away and finances go up and down and you move to different states and you could change as people and maybe one of the spouses changes and they you've got to kind of bring them back and you work on your marriage and you re-look at how you're both doing together. And it takes commitment. It takes a lot of work. And anybody that says to you after 32 years, oh, our marriage is so great and perfect. It's not, <laughs> you know? Right. 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 And I really value that you have that. And Mike and Cheryl, Max's parents have been married for so many years. I guess speaking of Max, we can end on a fun note. I love Max. I know you know. I am Max's biggest fan. I swear. I always said to Vic, like if she'd ever call me, oh, Max, I'm like, nothing's wrong with Max. Like if you guys get in an argument, I take Max's side always. Oh my God. My mom literally called me to, this is the funniest thing ever. This past weekend, she calls me and is like, I love him. I don't want to meddle. I'm like, oh God, what is she about to say right now? I don't want to meddle, proceeds to meddle. Jonathan was over and I heard him and Max are golfing and he said that he's getting lunch afterwards, but Max isn't allowed to come because you have a date with him. And I'm like, okay, that's just not true. I'm like, Max and I are going to the beach with a bunch of people. We invited Jonathan. He said no. And I felt like maybe poor Max wanted to go out with the guys and have lunch. Yeah, but just so you guys know how much my mom loves Max, she'll call me to make sure I'm giving him enough boy time. I'm like, don't even see him the whole month. My mom's like, Max needs to be And then whenever free. we're together, I'm like, let's FaceTime Max. We're in Paris. I'm I like, know. what's Max doing? So did you always love Max? What was your first impression? Always loved Max. Telling the story about the Nutella boy. Well, Vic, Vic, her freshman year was like dating a little bit here and there all over the place. And she called me sort of, well, no, actually you came home with the first month the beginning of summer after freshman year and you were kind of irritated with all the boys. You thought they were just total, can I say, a-holes? Yeah. Assholes. And (laughs) so anyway, she had told me about this nice football player that had asked her to a dance and had brought her Nutella and she had turned him down because she already accepted from some water polo player. And I was like, what about that football player, the Nutella, you know, that Nutella boy that brought you the Nutella. And so that's when you gave him a second chance. And that was it. I know. Yeah, it was it was that and a few other conversations. But you always love Max. And it's so funny because literally my mom used to tell me, I, there will never be anyone I think is good enough for you. Like, you know, my baby girl. And now she's like, are you good enough for Max is the question. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like, Max is like such, he's just a solid guy. Like he's the guy you want to have next to you in your life. I know. There's Actually, nothing, what else can I, I say? I one time had a therapist say that to me when I was talking about when it was just, you know, I wanted Max to succeed in football and it was hard for me to see him and whatever. And my therapist was like, but how amazing that you're going to have this life partner who has overcome such adversity and is so strong and be the best dad. Yeah, he's the best. I know. He's so cute. Well, mom, I just want to say that's it. Are you having fun? (laughs) I was like, oh, dreading it. Now you're warmed up and you want to keep going. I know we've reached time. I think I just wanted to say a thank you to you. I don't want to get emotional, but I love you. My mom has just you've First of all, you're the best mom in the world. And I always tell you that, like, I literally don't know what I'd do without you. And you always tell me, you're like, you would be fine. You're like, look at me. You'll be fine. Be I'm fine. like, no, you, I won't. You will be fine. I won't be fine. But I think just not only are you the world's best mom and best friend, but it has really meant so much to me that, like, you've listened to, like, every episode of my podcast. And I know that that sounds silly, but there's not like another person on the planet who's listened to every single episode of real pod, like without a doubt, every Wednesday you listen and you text me and like, it just means so much to me. You listen (laughs) and you're so supportive and you're just the best. And I love you. And I really like don't know who I'd be on this earth if it weren't for you. 
And I just, you're all that I hope to be in life. Oh, baby. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. Thanks for coming on Real Pod. Thanks for Happy having Mother's me. Day. I love you. Mwah. Love you. Love you. We'll do this again. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week seeing behind-the-scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.